Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugar cane, Three Roll is cane to glass. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge time. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. With climate change and rising utility costs, the way we design and build our structures and communities is ever-changing. And while that presents new challenges, it also presents opportunities for those who are thinking and rethinking about the way we do things. With me today to discuss this is Tom Nyhart, founder and CEO of Posigen, a Louisiana-based company that designs and installs solar systems to homes in low- and moderate-income neighborhoods and communities of color. Tom founded the company in 2011 after growing frustrated with the disparate recovery process in post-Katrina New Orleans and wanting to do something to help those with limited means find better, more affordable ways to rebuild and move forward. Posigen provides that help by designing and installing solar-powered systems, including solar hot water systems with roofing and energy-efficient services added to the mix. The systems are available for purchase or lease, and customers have a two-way net meter installed on their homes, so customers are credited for power they generate. In the decades since its founding, Posigen has served more than 18,000 customers, underscoring the need for the services it provides. Tom is a native of Ohio who came to LSU in the early 1980s to study engineering and wrestle for the LSU Tigers. Tom, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for joining us on Out to Lunch. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Joining me and Tom at the table is Ken Tipton, a planner and architect and managing partner at Tipton Associates, a Baton Rouge firm that has worked on the design and renovation of some of Baton Rouge's best-known structures, including the relatively new main library at Goodwood, the LSU Huey P. Long Fieldhouse renovation, and the new Catholic High School Student Center. Ken has been leading Tipton since the early 1980s and has grown the firm from a local one to one that works nationally in 30 states. He has also served as an adjunct faculty member at the award-winning LSU School of Architecture. Ken also has done master plans for towns, cities, and university campuses, as well as disaster recovery projects for LSU, Louisiana Tech, and the East Baton Rouge Parish School System. Ken, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for joining us on Out to Lunch. Excited to be here, Stephanie. Thank you. Well, Tom, let's start with Posigen. You founded the company in 2011 when President Obama was in office and there was a lot of federal government support around solar. Where are things today? And I mean, is, is, have we sort of made the leap um, as a society and a government to really support solar and, and move in that direction? That's a great question, Stephanie. You know, at a federal level, the commitment to solar has been steadfast for the last 15 years or so. Um, we got in business back in 2011 because they had a great program here in Louisiana. We had a, a great solar tax credit. The Public Service Commission back then had retail net metering, which is kind of the accepted um, policy around the country. And it 
allowed us to open and grow a great business helping families that need it the most. You know, when you take a look around and you see where solar is in most communities, it's in the affluent communities, and nobody was helping the low-income communities or communities of color. And you drive out to New Orleans East back in 2011, heck, the houses weren't even rebuilt, right? right. It looked like Little Bay Root. And so trying to give back to the community and trying to change the way people looked at solar um, and really make it a little bit more simple proposition and saving people money was you know, the, the impetus for us to get into the business. Excellent, excellent. And, and it's really grown, like I said, 18,000. Is that still an accurate number? No, actually, we're up to almost 21,000. Wow. Yeah, so we'll, we'll surpass uh, probably 23,000 by the end of this year and then hopefully be uh, beyond 30,000 next year. And the demand keeps growing. It does. And, and, you know, we talk about the democratization of solar and helping low-income families and communities of color, but really it's kind of a balancing of the scales. And and when you look at our proposal, which is a a no down payment, you know, no credit needed, all those types of things, but a focus on savings where we're actually installing the solar system, doing all the energy efficiency work to reduce consumption, right? Make power, save power, and putting money back in people's pockets for them to spend it just resonates with those communities. So our market penetration when we move into a community is beyond any of our industry peers. So we're seeing such a, a an upswing in demand for our product across the country. And you know, the interesting thing for us is Louisiana, because we started here, became the first state to, as a percentage of the population to have more solar installs in low-income communities and communities of color than affluent communities. So Connecticut Green Bank reached out, and seven years ago we went up there, and they wanted to get parity within six years, and we went beyond parity within four years. And so now our phone is ringing. We're in Pennsylvania because the city of Philadelphia reached out to us. We're you know, in Jersey. We're looking at, at uh, projects now in, in New York and in Massachusetts. And it's really interesting to get people calling us saying, can Posigen come here and help our communities? That is so fantastic. And Ken, I want to bring you into the conversation. It's, it's great to hear Louisiana's first in something, right? And I know you've been designing <laughs> and planning and, and disaster planning and all sorts of things in Louisiana for, for a long time now. What, what is your niche, really, and your specialty with Tipton? And uh, Well, Tom and I were talking earlier, our, our passion really is uh, around education. From Excellent. From K to 12 all the way through higher ed. We work regionally, mm-hmm. um, but um, much like what you heard from him, we're invested in leaving this place a better place for having been here um, and partnering with people that are trying to make a difference. And so our best work really comes from those relationships and how we listen and then develop designs that allow their dreams to really flourish. So I'm, I'm interested in excited to be here at lunch table with uh, somebody that I think shares that same level of yeah, interest no, and Yeah, it's a great synergy. And I used to do PR years ago for the LSU College of Art and Design, so right. I'm a huge fan of the School of Architecture, and I know that like the graduates, the faculty both, are really always on the cutting edge of doing great stuff. And you have grown Tipton all, you know, to do work in 30 states, you know, all over the country. What, what kind of projects are you, are you the most proud of? Well, um, don't don't talk about it like I did it all by myself, right? I mean, this this right, is come on, this is radio. You got your Plug architecture yourself. cape on. on right now. He's the super architect. I mean, this is this is such a the wonderful part of what what we do is we work as a team, yeah. 
Um, any project that makes a difference really has multiple hands in it. And so you like to talk about what you do and what you do together. And our clients become a part of our family. Mm -hmm. And so as I think about the work that I really relish, uh, remember, uh, it's those stories that we have heard or touched or made an impact on someone's life. You guys do a lot. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yep. I, I've seen a lot like with the Tennessee River Valley with the new schools that are being built and trying to, you know, uh, not only uh, lead certified, but also with renewables and zero carbon. And I've seen some really cool things. I'm assuming you guys are working on those as yeah. all. Yeah, lots of emerging technology, but um, also a lot of lessons that are tried and true and I think got forgotten somewhere back there. So remembering some simple things about how to site a building and orient windows in the right place mm -hmm. and and just set the fundamentals in a way that that building or that house can uh, thrive that can perform to its best before we start trying to do anything sophisticated really helps it, it is that foundation that you really need to build on yeah excellent Tom, tell me more about how you, you know, got into Posigen. I mean, you had a company, Color Time, that was yep, we very different. Very, right? very different. Um, my, both my wife and I were Color Time franchisees at one point. And, you know, there, there's this philosophy around renting appliances, TVs, <laughs> and furniture that was really focused on trying to make money and, and how much you can rent it for and doing these weekly payments and things like that. And we thought that wasn't the right approach. We didn't want to buy a TV and rent it to 10 different people. We wanted to see how people could own things. So we, we changed kind of the, the model that was used back then. And we opened up very large stores and we got very high-end products. And we encouraged our people to pay monthly. And we reduced our price and really started to work with our families and say, hey, if you run into a problem, you have to return it. Let's give you a check that you can come back then. And all that money you paid can be moved to the next thing. And so we flipped the model from only like 20 some odd percent of the people actually renting to own their item or renting to at least to purchase it to almost 80% of our wow. families did. And so we built up a really good, um, really good in the community where families were coming, were recommending us and, you know, we'd have uh, events for our customers and it was a way to, to give people respect, right? Yeah. People that maybe have had a tough time in life and, and have struggled financially to get a, a good product, to make them feel like when they walked in there, we'd give them a cup of coffee and we'd sit down and talk with them. And they, they really reacted so well to that. So as we started to think about how we could help, it really was starting with the dignity piece and the respect piece, which is kind of the cornerstone deposition. How do we help families that maybe have been taken advantage of? And especially post-Katrina, you saw so many people were taken advantage of by, um, you know, contractors that that didn't yeah, you know they weren't delivering they, they were very unscrupulous and and so you were open to this community because of your familiarity working with them and yes it's sort of a beautiful really um, well, evolution that's really interesting to me i mean a lot of our community planning work we we look at that notion of pride and place and home, home ownership and the value that people place on that how have you seen what you do impact that level at a community level you mentioned engagement with the neighborhood, um, market penetration. How have you left the community? What's it like on the, on the backside of that effort? That, that's a great question. That's one of the most impactful things that we saw. You know, we, we believed if we save people money, they'd be, okay, I, I want to save money, right? I, I may not understand the whole solar concept, but if my utility bills are going to be smaller than you know, what I pay you, 
But it was really impactful to see the pride of ownership. And then people start talking about saving the environment. I mean, you're talking about very low-income families, communities of color that would say, you know, my name's not Brad Pitt or Jennifer Aniston. I don't have a conversation in renewables or how to save the planet. But suddenly, I've got a solar system up on my house. We did all this energy efficiency work. I had people call, Mr. Tom, how, how do I... How do I go completely off the grid? We said, well, let's slow down a little <laughs> bit, but you know, let's work at that. But seeing those first installs, especially out in New Orleans East, and and you know, we've we've got a nine and a half percent penetration in all single-family residents in New Orleans East, and since we only use we only service the homeowners, it's actually about a nineteen percent penetration in New wow. Orleans East. And That's those first good. systems going up, everybody in the community coming out and saying, what you know, what is that, and taking a look at it, and we used to have crawfish boils invite people over to the houses that you know we put solar up on and we just talk about solar and energy efficiency and we'd sign people up there we do community events there and you know formed a lot of partnerships over the years habitat for humanity fuel and a number of those ken do you um see more demand for you know sustainable design for energy efficient you know solar panels on roofs water you know green green walls uh you know so sustainability is almost a park, uh, market entry position at this point. Okay. Uh, so understanding those basic principles, being able to apply them in a way that makes a difference and um, create a energy sustaining reality. What I really love about it, there's an educational piece too. And yeah. so how do you teach people? Uh, what do they learn from the building or the environment they're in or the activity that's happening there. So that's why I'm really intrigued about this conversation. It's not only the technology, but uh, what people are learning along the way. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Ken Tipton of Tipton Associates and Tom Nyhart of Positive. Tom, what about like the schools or the universities that y'all work on? What, do they all, they don't have solar panels. Why, why not? Or do they? Some of them are. We're, we're starting to see that. You know, I, I think out the southeastern has a good program where they teach about renewable energies, and they have some uh, small solar farm out there. And it's interesting because I was meeting with the gentleman out there, and he was talking about uh, building orientation and how, how much that can save, but then going through the renewables. In some cases, it's the way they're structured and their ability to sign certain service agreements, et cetera. So we've struggled with that down here. Um, and sometimes it's it's political, right? The the PSC has basically you know, wanted to eliminate solar in Louisiana. Um, you know, we went from 220 solar companies here in the state and you know 15,000 jobs to I think it's probably maybe two dozen of us left because they got rid of retail net metering, um, which is funny because solar originally was a Republican. Uh, policy. I mean, George W. put solar panels up on the White House. Um, and so to see kind of this Republican pushback against it, I, I know we're a, you know, oil and gas state, but we're an energy state and we need oil and gas and we need solar and we need wind and we need, you know, hydro and everything else. Uh, and so it's, it's and, and it's ironic because, you know, I would hear them in the legislature as recently as this session that's still going on. And the, they would say the same thing, you know, the same thing. Like, like solar was a dirty word, and it's so insane. And Texas, that we always look to, by the way, is embracing solar and wind right. and everything else. Right. And we are just so close-minded. But that's it, why I was curious why the education here. Um, you know? Solar seems to have a 
a market penetration at a, a small scale, residential scale, and then we're starting to see some much larger scale projects. You've seen in the news solar farms, those sorts of uh, things at least take off or have conversation. It's that market in between that has been the challenge. So commercial buildings, um, there's a level of complexity, payback, cost, where does it make sense, where does it not make sense, uh, and then some emerging technologies. And so uh, I think those things are starting to catch up, and I think you're going to find the market fill in from both levels to the middle. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to me to see the legislature, who in, in some cases have, has looked at solar and, and shaken their heads, but they are promoting solar backup right they are the battery and, yeah the battery incentive it looks like the battery incentive is going to pass and, and yep. that's great that is forward thinking and and that's amazing but then you look over at the psc and you've got you know some old dinosaurs over there they're like well no we don't want solar so you know what are you gonna hook the batteries up to so um you know i think that the battery program is going to help because then you've got self-consumption so you don't have to sell back i mean the policy right now in the state, not in the city of New Orleans, but in the state is, you buy it for 11 and a half cents or 12 and a half cents, but if you sell it back, you only get two pennies. How is, how is that possible when you're taking the power I'm generating, you're selling it across the street, you're, you know, so, so their avoided so cost is the lowest in the country. I don't want to interrupt you, but you, you said something a minute ago that gets to this. You said that they did away with net metering a few years ago. Yes. Right in 20... 2019. They, and so that means that if you do generate your own solar. You, you generate your own solar and you use every kilowatt produced, well, then you're offsetting what you would normally correct. buy. The problem is, especially in working class families, during the day, kids are in school, mm-hmm. parents are at work, the house is dormant. And it's creating its most amount of electricity from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. Now, that's peak usage, right? So the stores and the industry and everywhere else is sucking all the electricity and but you're not so much in a house that that's dormant somebody comes home at five o'clock the kids get in your tvs get turned on washing machines dryers get started all the cooking happens and so you're you're basically putting your power on the grid to be used anywhere during the middle of the day and then you come back and you're pulling that same power off the grid but you're getting paid two cents for it and buying it for 12 cents, it, do, it just doesn't make sense. And Insane. we're the only state that has that big of a, a difference. You know, I think 39 states have full retail net metering. Some of them pay more for solar production. Mm-hmm. Um, that's called a tariff. And there, there's a couple that have a, a lower avoided cost, like Mississippi, I think, is four cents. But if you're a low-income uh, uh, homeowner, it's eight and a half cents. Imagine that we're behind Mississippi. <laughs> it is so important that we educate people around this. I'm getting mad just, just thinking about this. Um, so let's switch gears for a minute. Ken, I want to find out a little bit more about, because I love architecture and the business of architecture, because I know it's a tough competitive field, you know, and kids work really, really hard, young people in school. And um, and it's just, it's hard to, to make a living. We all got to get out there. And what is the state of architecture right now as an industry sector for emerging architects and for firms? Wow, great, great question. It, it is a challenging profession, but it is um, maybe the most rewarding profession I can think of. So uh, imagine this um, professionally. It's the only profession I know where you, you can see and imagine something in your mind and see it 
materialize, make it happen, come to life, uh, dreams to reality, as it were. Um, take any other profession you want, you don't have that. And so there's a bit of magic that comes there um, that's powerful. And so think of your best and brightest young people. Um, I think they want to be a part of that. They want to make a difference. They want to be a part of leaving their communities in a better place. And so that is what has drawn me to this profession and keeps me at it all mm -hmm. these years. I think architecture is alive and well. Um, we build because we aspire to something, yeah. always have. And to be a part of people's dreams and imaginations is powerful. Um, and makes it fun. Now, having said that, it, it is challenging. And so uh, how we build things becomes difficult and often uh, challenging uh, along the way, um, but it's certainly worth it. How much of your business, say, is, is local or Louisiana versus out of state? Uh, roughly half. So um, about half of our business is in state and then the other half dealing with largely educational institutions all over the state. country or mostly regional um, as far north at this point Delaware Florida to Texas Ohio so that level um, you know schools that you would recognize mostly um, sure higher ed yeah. institutions excellent Tom, tell me about, about the business, a little bit of Apposigen. You know, how big are y'all? How many employees? And, uh, uh, we're over 500 employees now. Um, that's huge. Yeah. Based is, in New Orleans primarily? We are based in New Orleans. Our, our corporate office is in New Orleans. Uh, it used to be the majority of our business was here, but with the changes to the PSC and, um, you know, having states that are much more welcoming, now the majority of our business is up in the Northeast. Um, we're in five states now. Uh, we are in Louisiana, Mississippi. We're in Connecticut, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, and we're getting ready to open up Massachusetts and you know, probably some other states um, later on this year and into next year. So we're growing very rapidly. And is most of your revenue derived from the sale of the solar panels or from you know, the services that come along with that or what? Yeah, I mean, most of it is from our, our lease portfolio. Like I said, we've you know, 21,000 okay. customers, over 20,000 of them have leased their solar systems from us. So we okay. carry all of our own uh, leases. And, and so we have a big service center down um, in New Orleans. And in fact, my wife uh, runs the, the back of the house. They say I'm the pretty face, and she's the one that does all the work. So, <laughs> Excellent, excellent. And this is going to be just a classic example of Louisiana once again being on the front end of something and then blowing it. Right. Yeah, I mean, totally when, missing out. When you when you think about that, you know, we still have 150 employees down here, 180 employees down here, but and our subcontract employees, but you know, we would have 400 or 500 employees and 300 subcontractors if they hadn't changed the law. And seeing mm -hmm. those jobs going up north, I mean, it's still jobs for our company, but you know, I may have come from Ohio, but I've been down here for 40 years. This is my home, and this is this where I want to build this business, and and it does get discouraging. Yeah, I understand. Ken, um, where where do you see Tipton heading? You know, and what are your short-term goals for the next you know five years or so, uh, five to ten year plan? Well, I, I've reached the point. Maybe that's long term. My, I yeah, know. I don't know. I've reached the point in my career. You can tell by my gray hair that I'm trying to pass on what I've known and learned to others and see others grow into a leadership uh, position where they can take the company wherever they want it. 
Um, and, and so it's fun to begin to look at life from that perspective. I, my children now are old enough. I can admire them as adults. Yeah. I, I can cheer them on and my team now the same way. And so to begin to see them stand and, and take ownership and leadership is uh, rewarding and, and exciting. And I can say the community is going to be a lot better for it. And how many architects do y'all have? <laughs> well, if everybody came to work, we got about 30 people. <laughs> yeah. um, That's a good size firm. About half of that is uh, registered professionals, either interior designers or architects. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they're excited about the, the future. So I, I brought something for you, Ken. Uh-oh. <clears throat> so the, the thing we hear about with solar every once in a while is they don't like the way it looks on the roof. So one of our partners developed a true solar shingle. Oh, so this is really a full-size shingle that you just nail to the is roof. And that's PV it. That's a real solar panel. PV film technology. It, no, it's not PV film. That's actual silicone glass, but it's put on uh, TPO. Got it. So the TPO just gets nailed yeah. to the roof. Yeah. Six six nails, just like the regular architectural shingles. Has a 150 mile an hour wind load uh, warranty, and it creates the power without having to have any racking up there, no glass that sticks up or anything like that. Just it is an actual solar shingle, and we're the first ones to have it in Louisiana. So cool. we, we buried the lead as we're wrapping up our show here, but <laughs> Tom is now unveiling these solar shingles that are, are very beautiful looking, and they're, they're, they're just sort of plain black, and they don't look like solar panels at all. And so, uh, so we wish you all could see it, but go on the website, <laughs> and you can see pictures right. of, of Posigen's solar shingles. Tom Nyhart and Ken Tipton, you both are doing such meaningful and important work at a time when the intentional design of our structures and communities are really more important than ever. And it's been so nice to be with you both today. Thanks for sharing your insights and ideas with us today on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Steph. Thanks, Steph. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Tom Nyhart of Posigen and Ken Tipton of Tipton Associates. We had to edit this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and learn more about Posigen and Tipton Associates by going to our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website. It's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show and photos of the solar panels on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. And our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com.
and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three Roll is cane to glass. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.